Good evening. As Jim said, my name is Caitlin, and I am one of the two pastoral assistants at Kingdom Vineyard. And it's my pleasure to be closing our evening service on the topic, Come Holy Spirit. We've been on quite a journey over the last seven weeks, and I really do encourage you to go back and listen to any talks you've missed um, on the podcast. You can download it on Apple Podcasts. I'm not sure if we're on any other providers, but we're definitely on Apple, and you can get it on our website as well. Um, but the talks have been golden, so I really recommend that you go and hear from the wisdom of some of our great preachers. Um, so we've talked about how the Holy Spirit is fully God, one of the, the three in one, um, and lives in us. How God's kingdom breaks in, in the here and now, which we get to play a part in, by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Alistair and Judith explored how he speaks to us through his wonderful gifts and uses us to bless people and bring them into closer relationship with him. This changes everything about how we do life with God, including how we build and carry out our worship meetings. We want to follow his active leading, which Rachel explained last week. This evening, I have the small task of looking at how everything that we have talked about up to this point changes the way that we live our everyday lives. What does Monday and Tuesday look like when we choose to listen to the Holy Spirit? What does it look like to not put the Spirit in a box for Sundays and just let him out for a quick breather at home group midweek? <laughs> the Holy Spirit was never meant to be confined to the church slot in our week, but empowers us in every aspect of our everyday lives. So tonight, I want to first have a time of storytelling so you can hear from more than just me on what life filled with the Holy Spirit looks like. And then I want to look practically at how we live a life like that. How do we nurture the presence of God? I want to offer some practical tips on how to walk closely with God and his Holy Spirit. How to live a life that is as open as possible to him living in us. To having that relationship with him that we've spoken nonstop about over the last seven weeks. But we'll start with some stories. Before I invite a few friends up, I want to share a bit about my own experience of the Holy Spirit and what it looks like to have him working through me. Firstly, so you know that I'm not perfect at this in the slightest, it far too often looks like me getting a nudge from God to speak to someone on the bus or invite a friend to church and then running in the opposite direction. Jonah is one of the people in the Bible that I relate most to. And I can always feel God's disappointment, but not in an angry way, but like a father who's just said, whose child just said no to doing the thing that he loves with him. And I do this far too often. I'm not an expert at this. However, sometimes I do get over myself. <laughs> and sometimes it even goes pretty well. So I'll give you an example from just a few weeks ago. You will have heard Debbie's side of the story on a Sunday morning recently, but I want to share mine with you. 
at one of these evening services, we'd started a ministry time, and we were just waiting on God. And I began to get this pain in my left hand. And I was like, that's a bit weird. I didn't have a sore hand. One of the ways that we have experienced the Holy Spirit speaking is to bring to the attention of someone in the congregation a pain that isn't their own so that they can share and then invite someone else for prayer for healing. We like to call these sympathy pains, and it's something I've had experience of a few times before. However, as quickly as I noticed it, I started trying to explain it away. Probably just me. I don't really want to share. It's completely silent in the hall. No thanks, Jesus. Not today. Off to Tarshish I go. I started having this argument with Jesus in my head, him telling me that I should share and me reluctant as usual. Then I was like, fine, I will share, but only once the music starts, and then I'll share with the service leader. I was pretty pleased with myself for coming to this decision, even though it was just because I felt like if I didn't share, I would A, be being disobedient, and aware of that fact, and I didn't really want to take that feeling home with me. And B, I was possibly preventing the healing of someone else, and who am I to stand in the way of what God wants to do? So like I said, I decided I would share. I'll share God, but on my terms. Now one thing that I am totally convinced about is God's sense of humor. The service leader then broke the silence and said, I just have a sense that there's someone here who's experiencing a pain that isn't their own. If that's you, could you give me a wave? <laughs> Thanks, Jesus. So I guess on my terms wasn't quite what you were looking for. I reluctantly gave a wave and I went and shared and seconds later someone responded and I got to pray for healing for them. We never saw full healing that night, but there was an improvement. So what a thing to celebrate. I may have had to be coaxed into sharing, but I did, and someone was blessed. Anyway, I thought it would be more valuable for you to hear not just about how the Holy Spirit works through me in my life, but how he works in the lives of others too. So as part of my preparation for this evening, I spoke to a handful of friends who inspire me in their faithfulness in being open to Jesus using them. We are all different, and the Holy Spirit using us is going to look different for us all. So I asked them the following question. What does it look like for you in the everyday to have the Holy Spirit speaking to you? And I really highly recommend this question if you want some great conversation because I had some stellar replies that I don't have time to share. Um, but what I do want to do is invite um, Shin and Sarah and Zach up and they're going to share some examples of how God has, how having the Holy Spirit has been helpful for them in everyday life and what that looks like. So Shin, you can share first. Sure. Can you just tell us a story? Yeah, yeah if you can. <laughs> Uh, hi, I'm Shin. Um, so this story is a couple years ago, but I've had a lot of these kind of encounters over 
the many years I've been a part of the vineyard. Um, so this was in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and that's where I hail from. And uh, basically, I, I was taking a Sabbath. My wife was like, you should take a Sabbath. I was like, maybe I should take a Sabbath. So I was just taking a break. It's around lunchtime, and I was like, God, where do you want me to eat? It was a random question to ask. And God was like, I want you to eat at the, like, really furthest cafe outside of Harvard Square where I live on the other side of town. Just go to that one. And I was like, really? Why that one? So I was like, okay, fine. So I'm like walking, I'm trudging through Harvard Square, I'm smelling all the wonderful smells of baked goods and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, it's so yummy. He's like, God, why that one? And so I go and I'm like, get to the, the cafe and I'm like, it's so full, God. Why here? This is so many people. I just want a time with you. And then I'm like, I go in, and then I just, I'm like about to order my food, and there's this guy in, in like a, in crutches. He's like, hey, I just ordered my food. Can you like pick up my food too? And I was like, oh, all right, I can do that. And so I go over, and I pick up his food, I pick up my food, and I go, and I'm like, oh, he has a seat right next to him, so maybe I'll have a conversation with him. Okay, cool. So I just go over to him, and we're talking, and he's like, oh, so I like ask, like, you know, so what do you do? It's a very common question, I guess, yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, and he's like, oh, I'm a librarian. I was like, cool, that's cool. I was like, so what do you do? I was like, oh, I'm an artist, and, you know, I draw stuff. And he's like, oh, what kind of stuff? I was like, oh, Christian art stuff. And he's like, oh, can I see? So I've been showing him art stuff, and it was very, very cool. And he was like, actually, I've been trying to reconnect with my faith. And it's like, oh, what kind of faith is that? And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I went to church. I was like, oh, cool, cool. And he's like, and so you're, you've been a Christian for a little while. Is this weird and I was like, I've seen weird, so, yeah, go ahead. And he's like, I, I felt like, like light and heat coming over my face. And I felt really loved. Is that weird? And I'm like, oh, no, 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 that's, that's, that's very normal. That's called the Holy Spirit. It's great. It's fantastic. And he's like, oh, okay, okay, cool, cool. And the next thing he said was, oh, by the way, what is your name? And I was like, oh, my name is Shin. And then he erupts in laughter. And I was like, okay, like, thanks for being, uh, and your name is? And it was just very, very awkward. I was like, he was just laughing. And I was like, oh, okay, haha. It's like, actually, my shin is broken. And I was like, oh, cool. And mind you, there are people, like, like in arm's length, like, like, listening in on this whole conversation. I was just like, oh, God, this is so embarrassing, okay. Anywho, I was like, okay. And I just, like, lay my hand. I was like, hey, can I pray for you? I lay hands on you. The whole ministry, prayer ministry thing. I lay hands on him. And it was just, like, so much of the Holy Spirit was present in that space. I, like, totally forgot that people were around. And I'm praying for healing. Just so much heat. It's just, like, going into this guy's leg. I'm like, maybe something's going to happen. So I, like, look at him. And then he's like, I'm like, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And he's like, we're looking and catching, like, how are you doing? He's like, oh, it feels really good. It's like, have you been able to walk without this crutches and stuff? He's like, no. It's like, do you want to try? And he's like, sure. So he, like, starts walking around. And I'm like, oh, okay, praise the Lord. Fantastic. And I, I'm, like, I'm not thinking, like, uh, so what church do you go to? And it was just this whole other whole conversation. But it was just through God telling me to go to this cafe and this guy's foot. And I don't even know the guy's name. He just walked off to being a librarian, and I walked off back home. And that was that. Amazing, thank you. Sarah. 
Wow, my story, I don't even know if you can really call it a story, um, is going to sound really mundane compared to Shin. Wow. <laughs> Thank you for second place. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so those of you who know students, et cetera, I have a lot of deadlines, like an abnormal amount of deadlines, um, let's just say. And it's getting to be that time of year everyone has deadlines, but... Um, Recently, I, so normally I would be like a very stressed human, um, very anxious, sort of just avoiding all tasks whatsoever, like crippled with like the panic and the anxiety that comes with like, what, how am I ever going to get all this done? And uh, I was talking to Caitlin uh, on, on Friday at Pub Church, and she asked me the question, um, what does it look like to have the Holy Spirit with you in your everyday life? And it just sort of washed over me that I haven't had stress over these past few weeks, even though in my brain I know that I should be really stressed at this point. Like, we're reaching, like, panic mode, freaking out. And I just haven't had that stress. Um, and speaking to Caitlin, I just sort of, it, re it dawned on me that that was the Holy Spirit uh, working in my life just in these past few weeks. Uh, and so I just want to remind the students and everyone out there that the spirit can be with you in, in the mon like the really mundane aspects of your life. It doesn't have to be really exciting like <laughs> Shin's healing moments. Uh, it can just be like a mundane, you know, I don't feel stressed. Even like a still small voice, like it's going to be okay. I can get through this. Even in like the small little things, he's still there. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> Zach. Yeah, um, most mornings I just try to kind of sit and see just who's on Facebook Messenger and maybe drop them a line from the Lord. Well, it might be the Lord, it might not. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so just uh, last week, um, I just was reminded of a word I'd given back home in my, my home church like years ago, and I just really felt like the same kind of premise of the word applied for just one of my good friends, and so... I just messaged them um, on, it was last Thursday morning, it was just like, um, <laughs> sorry, I need to hold the microphone closer, uh, just that I felt like the Lord was just maybe kind of calling out just a, um, a situation in their life where they weren't sure if it was him kind of speaking into it, um, kind of directing them, so I just was like, I feel like the Lord just is telling me to, you got it, you got to do this, um, and <laughs> they just replied with, LOL, accurate. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was it. <laughs> so, yeah. Did yeah. you have uh, any not-so-great ones to share? <laughs> where, where do you want to begin? <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so a couple of months ago, um, I was in St. Mary's Library. Um, yeah, that's where you feel the Holy Spirit, <laughs> if you want to go revise. Dollar <laughs> out there, it's a good time. Uh, and no, so... This guy was just, he was wiping computer screens. He was like a library maintenance man. Um, and he just walked in and kind of was just like, oh, was drawn to him. And kind of like, oh, like, God, are you, are you saying anything? Is there a reason for this? And I was kind of debating in my head. And then he walked out and he left. And I was like, ah. So I got up and I ran after him. Uh, <laughs> And then I stopped him, and I was like, hello. And he just looked at me like he was, he was, 
Yeah, he's lovely, actually, to be fair. Um, <laughs> I was like, look, this is going to sound really weird, but I feel like um, perhaps maybe, like, God just kind of just um, sees, like, a broken kind of relationship in your family, and he just really wants to kind of mend it and heal it. And then he just is sitting there, and he's like, hmm. And he's like, I don't think so. <laughs> he's like, hmm, I'm not sure. And I'm like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. Like, please say no. Like, it's good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was that was that was awkward in seminary school. <laughs> but you're still here, and no one died, right? I might just hold this because I feel like I can't look at anyone <laughs> without it. Okay. I have one more story that I want to share with you from someone who couldn't make it tonight, um, but I just thought it was another example, um, like Sarah's as well, that's um, very everyday. Um, so this is from Lauren, who's one of our students, and she said, I've noticed with my flatmates in particular who aren't Christians, that when they aren't feeling great or upset, they want to be in my company, almost as though they can feel the presence of God just by being there. Through this, I also find myself sharing words of comfort and advice that definitely aren't from me, but are exactly what they needed to hear. Although these experiences may not be significant at the time, I know the Holy Spirit is working through me in the small, everyday ways in order to reveal the Father's heart. And I just thought that was another great example. These are all everyday things, just every day being obedient and listening to the Holy Spirit things. So having the Holy Spirit in our everyday can look like knowing the right words to say and when to say them. Can look like peace, courage, strength, and comfort. Can look like carrying the kingdom at all times and in all places. Can look like being nudged towards Christ-likeness. And can look like clarity, wisdom, and guidance. And that's not an endless list. But what a person to know and to have living in us. So now for some practical stuff. After those incredible stories, I hope you're feeling as inspired as I am, and maybe you're asking the question, how can I get started? And I just want to quickly say, in case that hasn't sunk in for you, that this is for everyone. This is not for the elect special few. I love the people who just came and shared, but they're not super holy special people. They're just ordinary people walking with an extraordinary God. That being said, let's talk about how to get started. I want to touch on the following things. How to nurture the presence of God, about avail availability, expectation, obedience and risk, and finally I want to end with some really practical steps. I think we have to start with relationship first and foremost. Cultivating a life devoted to God and a life that nurtures the presence of the Holy Spirit and does not quench him. The way to nurture the presence of the Holy Spirit, God living in us, is to seek to live a whole life of worship. We were created for worship, and worship delights God. If we want to begin walking in the Spirit every day, we need to ask him, and we need to seek a life that is worship to him. A life that honors him with our actions. So if you just got married and you're in this really close relationship with someone, let's say they're allergic to peanuts. 
would you intentionally feed them chicken satay? No. If they hated spiders, would, re would you refuse to move one if they begged? Or if they hated pizza, would you take them to Moza? No. You would do your best to not hurt them, to not upset them, and to please their preferences. So then why do we do any of these things to the Holy Spirit? Why do we do the things that we know hurt him? Do the things he directly told us not to do and still expect our relationship with him and his presence in us to not be affected. Paul writing to the church at Galatia and teaching on how to live life with God and filled with the Holy Spirit says this, Galatians 5, 19 to 26. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. This passage is so, so rich. There is so much in it. And actually, I'd originally thought about preaching through it line by line for this sermon. But I really do suggest that you go and read it fully, sit in it, and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you through it. However, I do want to pull out this one thing. What does it mean for an individual to receive the kingdom of God? I don't believe that this verse is about heaven. I think receiving the kingdom of God looks like his ruler rule and reign arriving in our lives, his presence and his kingship becoming an active reality in our everyday. It looks like being filled with the Holy Spirit. I encourage you to read this passage again and the other ones in the New Testament that speak on inheriting the kingdom of God and replace those words with receiving the Holy Spirit. Verse 21 says, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. If we do the things that hurt him, 
there's no wonder as to why we don't feel that close to him. If we do the things that hurt him, we do not inherit the kingdom. We do not receive the Holy Spirit in all his fullness. We miss out. That's the warning for this evening. Seek to not hurt the Holy Spirit. Seek to nurture your relationship with him. Sticking on the marriage theme again, let's say you're married, you might decide that one night a week is date night. It's a night for just you and your partner to hang out and connect. You might take time out in the middle of the day and give them a call, check in and see how they're doing and tell them how you're doing. You may fire them a couple text messages, again, just checking in. Have you thought about how you can do that with Jesus? And actually, that's all he wants, for us just to be available for him. So this moves me to my next few practicalities. We have to make ourselves available. We need to come from a place of expectation and be willing to risk. Availability looks like being open to God using you, whatever it looks like and wherever you are. We need to be okay with the fact that by positioning ourselves in a posture of openness, he will speak and it might sometimes be uncomfortable. But even then, it's for our good or someone else's and usually for both. Expectation. There is something about expectation that invites God to move and that something is faith. When Jesus walked on water and all the disciples were having a freak out party and then Peter was like, all right, Jesus, if it is you, tell me to come to you. I actually think the only way that Peter got to walk on water was by having the expectation that by the strength of Jesus, he could. Expectation is not confidence and cockiness, but is a position that we take about a situation that is completely based on our understanding of who God is. And because of who God is, we can have expectation about how that situation will unfold. Availability and expectation. These are really good and important things. And I honestly think living life with that posture will look more and more like people being blessed and coming to know Jesus. But also, I think for us, it will look like oh, obedient risk-taking. Risk. Risk is one of my least favorite words. I get nauseous just thinking about it. I am highly risk-adverse, so you know this isn't filling me with joy preaching on the need to be willing to risk. Obedience I can just about handle until it's risky. Obedience is God's love language. He loves when we say yes to him. Jesus says in John 15, 14 to 15, you are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends because I've made known to you everything that I've heard from my father. We get to be friends of Jesus if we walk in obedience with him, saying yes to what he tells us. 
So that being said, we should probably do what he tells us, even when that means risk-taking. We have to risk because confirmation of a word or a thought you have will not happen from inside. If you felt nudged to buy your colleague a bunch of flowers or go to that cafe across town, you will not know until you do it if they really, um, you, you wouldn't know what would happen. And the same applies to giving words of knowledge. Your confirmation is not going to come from within you. You have to speak it out first. Just a side note, I think there's something really powerful in putting what you hear from God into words and saying them out loud. There's a real power in words that can almost set something in emotion that wasn't going before. Words carry power. Back to risk. No matter how many times I ask Jesus to alter this little aspect of walking with him, he never does. He loves obedient risk-taking. No matter how well-practiced you are or how sensitive you are to the Holy Spirit, there will always be an element of risk. And with risk, there's always the potential of looking a bit stupid. But no one will die, and Jesus will still be Lord. John Wimber used to say, I'm a fool for Christ. Whose fool are you? If we want Jesus to use us, then we have to be willing to look like a fool sometimes. And it's totally okay to get it wrong. We all have. But when you get it right, and someone is really blessed by it, it's all worth it. So, does risk-taking mean that we all have to be street evangelists going out every day to pray for people? No. <laughs> all the relieved faces. <laughs> I don't think it does. But... I think it does mean that should God ask us to speak to the homeless person outside Tesco, we should be obedient in that, just as we should be obedient in sharing a word with a friend. I think we should be asking ourselves the question of what would it look like for me to be attentive to the Holy Spirit when I'm not in church and then step into risk and obedience when he speaks? What would it look like for ordinary me to bring God's kingdom to where I am, to the people who are around me. So let's nurture the presence of the Holy Spirit in us and be attentive to him. Let's make ourselves available to be used by him and expect that he will use us. And let's walk in obedience and be willing to take risks for the glory of God and the blessing of the people around us. So to finish... I just want to offer some super practical things that you can do to begin this journey or continue in your walk with the Holy Spirit. So number one, just spend time with him and get to know him. Absolutely read the Bible because that's really important, but also just sit with him. Might I suggest that instead of half an hour of reading the Bible, what about 15 minutes of reading and then 15 minutes of waiting, of listening? Give God the opportunity to speak to you by creating space in your day for it. If your friends invite you to hang out with them and repeatedly you say no, they're going to stop asking you. They probably still want to spend time with you. 
but they'll stop asking. And I think it's similar with the Holy Spirit. If you're not engaging with him, he'll get the message. He's gentle, and he isn't going to force himself upon you. But that doesn't mean that he gives up, that he isn't interested in spending time with you. He just might take a step back. So invest time in him, in prayer, in worship, in reading the word. And these activities will be completely transformed the more you invest in your relationship and openness with the Holy Spirit. Because he is the best helper, Bible scholar, and intercessor that we will ever know. Two, begin your day inviting God to speak to you. Say, come Holy Spirit into your day and expect to hear from him. Although I think we should be expecting to hear from him, sometimes, in my experience, he just wants to spend time with you. So you might just have a lovely time sitting in his presence, and that's really special in itself. Three, take time out of your day to reconnect with God. To live in the spirit is to live aware of God's presence at all times and in all places. So take time out and reconnect. Go for a walk or just stop what you're doing and chat to him and listen to him. Four, ask God to give you words for people or to nudge you to that someone who needs encouragement. Like Zach said, he sits and goes through his Facebook Messenger and ask God to show him who to talk to. That's something we can all do. And finally, just keep going. It's a lifelong journey. And if you don't feel like you've heard something or the words you share didn't land, don't be disheartened. Just keep going and keep investing in your relationship with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're going to move into a time of ministry now. Um, This is just a chance to practice what we preach. We want to wait on the Holy Spirit and see what he wants to do. And it will also be an opportunity to respond to anything that has struck a chord during the worship or during the talk, anything at all. So I want to invite you all to stand, and we're just going to spend some time waiting. Come, Holy Spirit. Do you just come and do what you want to do? We surrender to your will this evening.